Hi everyone, welcome to the Raising a Reader and Storyteller podcast. We are your hosts, Anita Shah and Vigil Shah, and our podcast is all about developing young readers so that they grow up to be not only avid readers, but also great storytellers. And how are we going to do that? Through this eight series podcast, we'll be sharing tips and techniques to make this happen. Everything we share is taken from our own personal experiences as a speech and language therapist, bibliotherapist, and authors. So today we're going to be talking about episode three, which is the importance of developing vocabulary. In case you've missed it, please do check out our earlier episodes, episode one, which is about raising a reader and tips and techniques to do this, and episode two, which is the benefits of parent-child interaction whilst reading. And it ranges from toddlers to preschool to established readers. So why is a rich and extensive vocabulary important to your child's success? Sunita, would you like to tell us a little bit more about why it's important? Yes, definitely. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to our podcast. We're really excited to have you on again. So vocabulary, we talk about vocabulary lots. And to be honest, vocabulary is just such a foundation to so much. A rich and extensive vocabulary is really important to your child's success in every manner. Now, at the end of the day, what we really want to do is engage children in learning words, having a really language-rich environment. So it means that they have the ability to really tell you what they mean. By having several words at their disposal, it's really great for them to describe events, tell stories, express themselves, which definitely is a speech and language therapist can really help with kind of emotional regulation as they can really explicitly share their ideas and opinions so really really helps with developing vocabulary in so many ways social interaction helping reading and and books are such a key to this because they get some visuals with maybe new words and ideas so what we really want to do is make sure that some children can really read a lot and they can decode a lot of words and working with children who are on the autistic spectrum from a very very early age the phonics and the sound development and actually learning words come very very quickly but the barrier there is actually the reading for meaning and what we really want to do is make the vocabulary a real key foundation with comprehension because unfamiliar words and holes in text really can prevent your child from really understanding what they're actually reading. And then that kind of leads to a bit of frustration, maybe sometimes a bit of withdrawal, because they can't connect the ideas and the sequences behind the stories. And it's about really helping them to grasp ideas in a very logical manner. The greater number of words your child has, the more he and she can really interpret ideas and express their own ideas. So it's definitely important to really, really immerse them in a vocabulary rich environment. My son was reading a book today and he was pointing out some words and he was like, oh, mummy, what's that word mean? What does that word mean? And he's, he's obsessed with his thesaurus at the moment. So he's jumping from <laughs> mine. <laughs> like, what does this word mean? What does this word mean? And yeah. then he, he learns it and uses it again, which is great. 
And it definitely helps them with the power of persuasion because having a <laughs> rich vocabulary will help them to communicate. And if you've just got a small vocabulary to describe an idea, it, it can be quite difficult to, to really relay that message and have that social interaction through the words that they're reading. So we really want them to help and be impressionable to others and, and create that kind of little social human being that is able to articulate their ideas. And especially as they move through the stages in school with more independent writing and and reading it kind of brings it all together through kind of academics but more importantly for them to just enjoy the words and be able to express themselves yes and having that language to talk about how they're feeling or what they're really thinking that's that's so important because sometimes we don't even know what we're feeling or what we mean unless yes. we have those vocabulary tools and that's just a key thing when it comes to babies, you know, they have different cries to express different needs. So intuitively, it starts from such a young age. And yeah. it's actually fascinating, Beedrill, because actually children between the ages of four and 12 can typically learn between 120 and 800 words a year. Wow. <laughs> that's, uh, that's amazing. There's no way I do that now at this, at this stage yeah. of my life. <laughs> And it's just really proven that, you know, within an educational context, having a strong narrative and having that vocabulary behind their narratives can really help skyrocket their learning and motivation. And, you know, there's been so much research that shows that children can read books and go through books, but there's such a percentage maybe through that story that they can miss if they're not figuring out what the meaning of these words are mm -hmm. or when they're introduced to unfamiliar words. Yeah. And sometimes what I do if I've got books at home and, and the little one's reading and he's got new words that he doesn't know, I just get him to highlight them. And we've bought one of those kind of A to Z address books. And what I do for a tip is put the words in that you don't know and then we'll look them up on your dictionary later and we can write a description and then I get him to use that word in a different sentence which really helps kind of consolidate the learning because hearing a word once or twice you're not going to learn it unless maybe you add visuals you put it into context it really means a lot more to the children Yes, that's right. Which which son is it? Is it? Oh, it's my one? eight year old. Yeah, eight year old. Okay, I was going to say. I'd be doing that with my three year old. <laughs> He's reading very little words at the moment, but yes, <laughs> he told me today. So is for silly, and that is you, mummy. Okay. <laughs> very much. Oh, He's definitely on the stage of learning. <laughs> And the thing is, as they become older, you know, it's really important for more established reader to really think that when they're reading books, a typical kid's book has about 12,000 words. And actually, wow. um, reference from Mrs. Wordsmith, they're showing that actually out of that 12,000 words in an average children's book for a more established reader, that actually 240 of the words might be unfamiliar or unsupported by the child reading it for the first time so it's, it's really important to make sure you know if we're using that to enhance vocabulary that you know we're not getting them to skip over it and miss it just yes yes because that's so easy to do right and they come away with half of an understanding of what what the story is all about yes definitely and that can just keep increasing percentage wise if 
they suggest that the additional information or unfamiliar words really do make a difference when yeah. you feel yeah. those words to them and it adds to their overall kind of vocabulary it really gives them a chance to express themselves a little bit more it improves their attention and listening because when they become more independent readers you know they're not sitting and reading with a parent to guide them and to explain yeah you know sit with a book in the corner and off they go independently and and as parents and teachers and carers you don't know fully actually what they've understood through that whole little journey of that chapter that they've been on yeah because you don't always test them or do a comprehension at the end um, yeah. so important and I really like the idea of getting them to highlight the words and then write them down and, and go and look them up because you know that that's actually a lifelong habit that you're establishing and it's so important that, that they do that and that will set them up for really getting to the heart of the story as they, especially as they when they're writing their own stories they're creating their project work they're doing their poems and the narratives at school you know because it can yeah. really help to kind of develop their imagination bring in their empathy and overall improve their writing skills Absolutely. too yes exactly. being able to appreciate the nuances and, and use the right words or the relevant words for something that they're trying to describe yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, we do look at academics, but as a mum as well, my child's mental health is so important. And there's so many psychological reasons and research that really backs up that a child who learns to read joyfully at home at an early age with a loving parent or caregiver grows in self-confidence and independence. So it's a really precious time in the day that yes. just reading a book, there's just so many angles for your kid's overall kind of well-being. And, and it's amazing because in the first six years, children learn at so much of a faster pace than anything else in their lives and and we know that when we accidentally might use a very inappropriate word and they tend to pick that up very quickly and yes. <laughs> yeah exactly. they're like little sponges aren't they they are and the neural networks are formed so early on that if we can get all the words in there as early as we can that will serve them for life and really allow them to leverage Reading yeah, because it's never too early to start sharing books with your child, even young babies. They will enjoy learning and looking at the pictures and just turning pages because it's that special, like we talked about in our podcast too, is engaging that parent-child interaction and most importantly, having fun and enjoying those special moments of storytelling with your child. And at the end of the day, you know, when, when kids are developing their language skills and vocabulary expressively, you know, neurologically in our brain, they, they store words in categories. So you have like the clothes and the vegetables and the animals, and, and then you can subcategorize, which might be jungle animals, which might be pets, which might be farm animals. And it's really important when you learn new words or you're teaching them new vocabulary, and it may be an object that they can actually physically see, to kind of teach them things about that word, which strengthens the neurological link. So where would you find that? Like, who is it? Oh, it's an elephant. It might be very big. A, yeah. a tree. What's it made of? What shape yeah. is it? It's training them to recognise those those details. And linking it to their phonics. You know, what sound yeah. does it begin with? What does it end with? Have you got personal experience about it? What parts or categories? What are the things used for? Because you can have a simple word like a pen, but where would you find it? On my desk. Who uses it? 
I do. How big is it? It's quite long. What's it made of? You know, so it starts to really strengthen those kind of images in the brain when it comes to word retrieval and word finding. And and we link it to what we call semantics. So it's all the kind of meaning behind the words. And sometimes when you're looking at words and introducing new words, it's great to give the children visual representations of them. Because then their brain can store, all right, this is an elephant. It's big. It's great. It's got a trunk. It's got a tail. This is a dumbbell yes. platypus. You know, it's quite yeah. difficult to yeah. think of a dumbbell platypus if you don't have a visual image of it. And even though we kind of encourage vocabulary building from books, it's a whole language-rich environment. And it would be great to hear a little bit more about how do we develop your little one's vocabulary? What little strategies can we use? And we've given you a few already, but I'm, I'm going to pass it over to Beetle here to give you a little bit more information. On. <laughs> Thanks, Anita. I just wanted to add a, a couple more tools and techniques to encourage um, vocabulary building. We've mentioned a few times children are wonders and they soak in everything. Language, expressions, even foreign languages. Don't worry if a word is complicated or foreign. All of these things help build stronger communication synapses in the brain, accelerates their learning. Yeah, I think it really hits the nail on the head about foreign languages because there's such a misconception and actually one of my roles is I'm the bilingual specialist under the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapy and as a bilingual kind of I've done lots of work on how kids develop and maintain two languages and it's quite frustrating still in this day and age when you hear kind of quite senior healthcare professionals, paediatricians and health visitors, GPs, that turn around to parents and say, stop using your home language. And it frustrates me because it can make such a impact on the child's overall linguistic language oh, system yes, absolutely. to learn language oh, I, and at the yeah. end of the day even if you had an elephant and you spoke spanish french or hindi that elephant will still have what we've talked about before the same semantics it will be big it will be great it's going to have a tusk it's not going to suddenly grow fins and jump in the water the only thing that we're actually changing is the label so yeah. we might it an elephant in English and in Hindi they might call it Hathi. Yeah. So in that yeah. sense it can enhance vocabulary development. It doesn't doesn't disrupt in vocabulary general and I really want to share that key message that bilingualism does really enhance a child's overall language ability their IQ their reading potential it doesn't have any adverse effects so even if your child has got special needs or you're encouraging them to learn another language and you think they might be a bit of a slow reader you don't stop you maintain that consistency and really help with developing developing the bilingual child is a big thing of mine. <laughs> yes, no, I absolutely agree. And just to add to that, there have been various studies that show, you know, if you're learning Hindi, that establishes, you know, mathematical abilities and specific languages set up cognitive paths in the brain. For example, Russian is great for science. And, and it's not surprising when you look at the general statistics coming out of these countries, you can see that the population is strong in this subject so i think it's got a variety of benefits and the other thing that's great is reading together daily building a habit making it a ritual because if you're setting 
up healthy habits early, they will last a lifetime, like brushing your teeth. Yes. And a daily reading slot with exposure to a wide range of reading is crucial. And working out what your child enjoys reading, because it should be a time of pleasure for them. They should be, you know, looking forward to it. The literature should match their interests and make them feel like this time is to be treasured. So I would say really hone in on what they love and then also expose them to a variety of mediums from books, you know, graphic novels obviously are great for children and even sometimes newspapers and comics and there's a kid's newspaper. Different mediums also expose them to ways of structuring their writing, whether that's essays or poetry or the novel um, or just a non-fiction narrative. What would also be great to sort of validate their learning and understanding is try to incorporate a comprehension exercise at the end. And that could be something really basic, maybe just asking them literally three questions at the end of the book, ask them what they thought about it or get a sense of whether they've understood the story and digested what they've read. And then if they didn't understand something, go back and figure it out. That really consolidates their knowledge I have to say that is a really key, key point (laughs) is especially when you've got older, more established readers is to when they've read the book, pick up the chapter and give them a little test from it. Because my little munchkin recently has been reading Harry Potter and he got to the Goblet of Fire. And it's actually one of my favourite ones of the whole Harry Potter series and especially (laughs) the film. So we said to him that you're not to watch the films until you've read the books. It'd be great to see what you imagine and then what you can see (laughs) on the actual screen. Great way to get them to look forward to the film. So me and my little master, my eight-year-old, started reading books together. And and mine was probably just as thick as Goblet of Fire. And I was kind of halfway through mine and I knew he was a little bit more of a slow reader. And then four days had gone by and he's oh, mommy, I finished the book. And I was like, wow, that's impressive. You've read like triple the speed of mum here. Brilliant. Wow. I've got Einstein here in the making. And then picked up the book and I went, so um, what are the three teams in the Triwizard Cup? And what did he use under the water when um, he had to grow gills and stuff? So questions that he would really know because it's repeated throughout the book. I don't know me or can't remember that one. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm sure you just that bit. And I was like, mate, you really haven't read that book, have you? And he's no, but I really wanted to watch the film. And I said, oh, I'll do you a deal. You're gonna have to go back to the beginning of that book and watch the film and you can read the book this time. I said, but in future, mister, that doesn't wash with me. <laughs> yeah, you you've got to check that they've read the book. Exercise. <laughs> Definitely. So any other tips, Beadle? Yes. So one of the other things that I've started doing with my daughter, because she's just started reading and putting letters together into words, I've started putting labels around the house. On our fridge, we've got these Scrabble magnets. On her wardrobe, we've put some basic words, because she's only three, but things like the and 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 is and at to get her familiar with these little words actually read the words and expose them you know, the most common words and then obviously you can build on that and continue doing it as they get older and start compartmentalizing them for different areas of the house 
whether it's your kids or the kids and that helps again with the whole neurological links because you you've got those categories in those certain rooms like in the bathroom you've got your soap and your toothbrush and your toothpaste and you've got your toys and you've got your food so again that really strengthens that kind of speech and language element too yeah exactly and also word games such as scrabble and i spy are a great way to combine the fun and pleasure with actual reading and they make great tools for engagement and interaction so i'd really suggest using them on every occasion or every chance that you get and i think there's also other games like bananagram and boggle oh yes i love that boggle <laughs> that was mine and my brother's favorite growing up was <laughs> <Love> it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a really old game, isn't it? But I think they still have it on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're so crucial. What's great is the kids love it and they really enjoy playing it. So we'll try and do that like once a day, even if we're going on a walk, we'll be playing I Spy and they'll just really get into it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you touched on this, Anita, but you know, introducing four to six new words every week, depending on the age of of your child is is really great. Although they will be learning new words every day, learning these these four to six new words is is also a great way just to enhance their vocabulary. So I would also suggest doing that. No, Um, definitely. And, And we actually use at home a thing called Mrs. Wordsmith. And it's called my 1000 word journey or something. So they've got these crazy visuals, cartoons that the kids find really amusing. And they'll teach them a word like dilapidated and they'll show them a really crazy kind of house with some fun characters. And it shows them what it means and what words might sound similar. So you've got your cinnamons in there and it kind of makes you write it in a sentence and then personalize it. And when we do, and I can't say we do it consistently, but we do whip those out once a day he'll learn his word once a day when when we're on the motion of that (laughs) I think (laughs) it's one of those things that we dip in and out excellent I'm so impressed that you're doing that and it's an excellent idea and it's a great resource for teaching kids vocabulary because the cartoons are just bonkers they're really good I'm actually going to note that down for my children when they're a little bit older. Um, Brilliant. They do a whole range of storytelling and resources for building narratives. And it's definitely great. And we'll, we'll add it to our podcast link so you guys yeah, can have we'll a look. Yeah, put it in the show notes, definitely. I think the only other thing I'd say is, you know, for the younger readers, um, and even for the older readers, is getting them to write out new words that they've learnt. And obviously, if your kids are very little like mine, for you, who's three I'd say get them to trace the word as an excellent way of introducing them um, to new words Uh, so I would suggest you know it's not just about reading but it's also about writing definitely and it just brings it all together at the end of the day we just want a really grounded holistic approach to reading that's fun that's academic that helps with their overall kind of social skills mental health it brings it all together doesn't it It really does. And I think vocabulary is just something that's not just done in the academic environment. It should be done, you know, every day in our daily lives, whatever we're doing, whether we're having a bath or playing or reading or simply sitting in the car. That's that's all we wanted to share in terms of building and encouraging your children's vocabulary. 
don't worry if you've missed anything. We're going to include lots of links in the show notes and resources that you can turn to. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We hope we've given you some really great ideas on our vocabulary session. So we are going to be on episode four and the topic of episode four is going to be narrative building. So really looking at storytelling and and this can start from very little children to as they get older and more established readers and it's going to be something that they really build on in schools at the moment. I can imagine lots of parents have found out a lot more about schooling and homeschooling since lockdown in this environment where we've all suddenly had to become teachers. What we're going to be really teaching you is how we can kind of really get the child to kind of start storytelling, retelling events, building their own stories. So I'm also going to be bringing elements of narrative therapy in from my speech and language therapy background and showing you how you can make simple colour-coded ways to engage a child and give them a great format for storytelling. So thank you again from Beadle and I, everybody. It's been lovely to um, have this podcast today and we'll see you soon.